You're listening to your Natural Fit MBA podcast with David and Kay. David? Kane! I don't have any topics. I don't have any topics. I've been too busy trying to avoid the SARS. <laughs> Should we first just cover the, the trade deadline movements? So maybe we can start right there with the Timberwolves. Golden State traded D'Angelo Russell to the Wolves for Wiggins, a first round pick and a second round pick, I want to say. A protected first and yeah, a second round pick at some point, which is irrelevant basically. The first round pick is important because the first round pick was a sticking point between uh, both the teams. The Wolves didn't want to give it unprotected. The Warriors were demanding unprotected, but I think they, at the end of the day, they kind of settled for middle ground and they accepted the Wolves trade of a top three protected pick for next year's draft, um, which, is, which is also important because top three is possibly likely that the Wolves get uh, like a top three pick because, you know, they're currently, they currently have the second or third, fourth worst record in the NBA. If that's the case, I've heard that the, they're happy with that because it then converts to unprotected first round pick the following year. And that following year, the 2021 NBA draft class is apparently like the one to go for. Like that's like getting a top five pick in the 2021 draft class is uh, the same as any player in this current upcoming draft class. Like even maybe better than the best player, which might be uh, uh, who I've been hearing. Um, like Lamelo Ball or I don't know Anthony Edwards or I don't know these kids, but anyway, these guys are on the same caliber as the next year's draft class. So apparently, that's the thing that the Warriors are trying to get. If the Wolves, the Wolves still suck, and if they still do, then they'll get a top five pick in the following year. If you know what I mean. It's very possible that the Wolves won't make it to the playoffs next season. If having said that, I still think the Wolves uh, gave up very little. Uh, to get D'Lo because what we know is this is what we know they have Cat that's the franchise player that they want to build around that's the player that they've identified that is a rare talent and the guy that uh, needs you know pieces around him to compete at a at a consistent level right they need to build to, around Cat and one of those players that they identified early in the offseason and they tried trading from in the sign trade with Brooklyn was D'Angelo Russell because he's good friends with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, they came in together in the same draft class. They played in high school, uh, you know, high school matches together. Uh, they play in college together. And apparently even, even younger than that, they were playing video games with each other. So they go way back. Um, uh, and Devin Booker, which is, he's still on the Phoenix Suns. Um, and what we know is Cat wanted DeAndre Russell, the Wolves wanted DeAndre Russell. So there was huge leverage for the Warriors to try to take advantage of that and to, um, you know, ask for, ask for more. Um, at the end of the day, I just feel like Andrew Wiggins and basically unprotected first is not much to give for DeAndre Russell, who's a 23-year-old all-star, a, you know, a great offensive player, uh, can create his own shot, can pass the ball, can facilitate. That's not an easy uh, like skill set to have. It's, it, and it's rare. It's rare for a point guard to have you know, the offensive skills that D'Lo has and the facility. Like, do you know? Like, I, I just think that, uh, especially since he's cemented himself as a, as a very solid you know, player, he's made the all-star team, uh, he's led a team to the playoffs, he's 
showing that he's had the pedigree to uh, you know lead a team and get past his former mistakes and or you know trouble past when he was with the Lakers. Uh, I think all that works in favor for Dilo, and I just feel like end of the day, Andrew Wiggins. Who do, what do we know about Andrew Wiggins? You know at this point, um, and Dilo is. I think Dilo is good. They could have gotten more for Dilo. I think that the Wolves overpaid for Dilo. So what would you think is a fair trade for Dilo? I think it's straight up just Wiggins. But remember, considering that they know that Cat, they need to trade for Cat. Like this is. This is to keep Cat, basically, right? So, yes, I think that they overpaid for D'Lo. I think what they could have done was just a straight-up swap because Wiggins' contract, I, th- I think, I believe, is very similar, if not the same yeah, they as matched. D'Lo's. Yeah, they match, they match, they match, yeah. Yes, they overpaid, but I think it's, it was necessary for the reason that you just brought up, which is Cat is not happy. This essentially is a play to keep Cat. Yeah, it definitely is a play to keep Cat. And I think it's also a play for the future because both of these guys are locked up for, you know, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, they're both very young. And like I said, they've grown up together. So we feel that at least even if they keep losing the next few seasons, the chemistry will still be there. They'll still be tight. Um, you know, they'll have arguments like anyone else, but at the end of the day, they're like, you know, young brothers. Like they see themselves... Uh, cut from the same cloth as you know maybe Bosch and Wade in terms of uh, young guys growing up together and wanting to play together. Um, they just reached this uh, stage of playing together at, at an earlier age. Um, I and I think the third piece, the third piece of the puzzle, uh, is Devin Booker. That's the guy that. <laughs> then they can really form the YMCA team. I just I just think that. Um, I think that's also the plan because right now, just remember, they're 23, 24 years old. Uh, in four years' time when the contract runs out and Devin Booker's contract runs out with the Suns, that's when they can all play together. When they're 27, they're going to be on the prime. We don't know exactly what their prime is, especially when you've got the older players, like, you know, that form big threes like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Ka- uh, Kyrie Irving. We don't know what they'll be in four years' time. They're definitely going to be much older. <laughs> like they're definitely not going to be as good as they are uh, right now, and, and this really could be, you know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Russell, Cat, all in the prime, all, twenty-seven years old, uh, ruling the NBA together. It's, it's very possible, right? Do you think those three will win thirty games? Can they win thirty games together? I mean, I think you're underselling Devin Booker. I really, I really think. You know, I don't rate them so highly that I think they'll win an NBA championship now. Like, I don't see the full potential now but i i can't like i can't just write them off what happens when we combine the three best players on the three worst teams in the nba do we get a winning combination you know they're, they're still young that's something they're 23 years old they just signed the the first big contracts uh, we don't know what they'll be in three four years time that's what i'm saying and i'm saying the wolves the wolves are taking that gamble they're taking that risk they're, paying, they're trying to see if basically this organic friendship uh, will pay off in the future. I do think it'll be interesting if they do land Devin Booker. I think they'll have similar years, but the point is it's similar to uh, how the Miami Big Three formed, where all the contracts uh, expired the same offseason and then they you know, got together and decided to sign together. I think there's something... Go- I'm not saying that they've been talking to... 
you know, the GM uh, of the Wolves at all. That's I'm definitely sure that's illegal. But I feel like he knows there's something going on and they have been having, you know, chats on their chat rooms or when they're playing Fortnite together that this is like their dream to play together. And they've said it, they kind of said it in publications and when they've had interviews together. D'Lo um, has literally said this. D'Lo is definitely, I know D'Lo for sure has said that, you know, that he dreams to play with Devin Booker and Kat. Um, that, that's his two best friends. So now that we know that D'Lo and Kat to get, uh, together, then it just seems... It just seems natural that Devin Booker will eventually make his way to Minnesota as well. It seems inevitable, in my opinion. And I think that's the angle that the Wolves want to take. And I just think in four years' time, if you get this juggernaut team of in the prime 27-year-old guys um, who have made all-star teams, it's possible that there'll be a juggernaut and you don't care that in 2021 you gave up a first-round pick and Andrew Wiggins, who we know at this point is... Uh, has a ceiling. He's he averages twenty one points per game, which is really good, and he's a good defensive player. But he's not. He's definitely not a guy that can take you to. Play. He, we know this. He's not. He's not a guy that can lead you as the sec, as the second guy, as a third guy. Yeah, possibly. I. But he's not. He's not. He's not it on the second guy. We've seen Dilo lead a team to the playoffs as the as the premier guy. We have seen that. We saw it as a is a twenty two year old, and made the All Star team. We've seen Cat make the All Star team. I think, and uh, Devin and Devin Book is one of the best shooting guards. I and the twenty three years old again. Like I want to reiterate that they're super young. So we'll see. We'll see. I would not be. I'm. I'd be intrigued if Devin Booker joined uh, his friends on Minnesota. I think that'd be actually quite exciting. Yeah. So yeah. Although I'm not convinced. It, we're still a few. Years, it's definitely a few, uh, still a few years out. It was definitely still a few years out. Um, you know, by that time, China as we know it is. Oh, it. Uh, <laughs> you think I'll, I'll be able to <laughs> escape from here by then? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Wolves will see a questionable move. You say uh, they they gave up too much. I think just about I right. I said they gave up too much, but it's a necessary move. Could be. Could be. Could be a steal. Could be a steal, depending on how these guys develop together. Uh, Raptors still good. Uh, Kawhi, I think, uh, might be questioning his decision moving to LA because we've also heard reports that he is not enjoying, uh, or guys aren't enjoying his presence because he's getting like the star treatment, which they don't like in in uh, LA. Clipperland. Can I just say, of course, he's not enjoying his time in LA. Don't these people know that? I mean, they could have PG thirteen could have talked to me before this trade. Okay. LA is a Lakers town. It doesn't matter mm. that the Clippers, in theory, has has a better roster. That you've got two stars there. Okay, so they don't play any home games. Yeah, it's for Lakers fans. <laughs> I don't uh, deny that uh, Kawhi can beat the Clippers. Basically, can beat the Lakers. I'm I, I'm not putting a past Kawhi at all. Like I think Kawhi is that good. When a postseason comes along, he's going to be like Terminator. Basically, he's going to switch it on. Because um, I don't think LeBron can guard Kawhi, but I think Kawhi can guard LeBron. Like I, I truly believe that. Uh, except I think that the Lakers, um, the Lakers, like you said, have seven exactly. home games, and I think that's something. Uh, that's that's a something. Big, that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Um, they're never going to have the team. Be, they're not going to have the fan support uh, in in the playoffs, and. Yes, the one guy that it might not affect just quiet, but you know we'll see. We'll see. The seven home games. Okay, if you can, if you argue that that's not going to affect Kawhi, I 
I believe that. It's probably not going to affect Kawhi, but it's certainly going to affect the other guys. Yeah, but, you know, like, we've seen Bev do his thing. Lou will uh, is, is a stone-cold killer, yeah. um, you know, shooting All I know is that Joe Ingo's, a.k.a. math teacher, was giving PG-13 the business a couple of seasons ago. If Joe Ingo's can get into Paul George's head... Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul George seems like he can be affected quite easily emotionally. Um, but he's a good player. He's a really good player. That's the thing. Like, they're all really good players. So it'll be an interesting matchup when the time comes. I can't wait. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the Raptors. I'm not predicting that they come out of the East, but I feel like they have as good a chance as any, other, any of the other teams. I, I think, too. It's, I think it's 60-40. I think it's 60-40, Bucks 60 Raptors 40. I, I don't think any other team comes close to them. Not the Celtics, not the Sixers, definitely. The Heat are t- too young, even though they got a trade. Should we talk about the Heat, by the way? Did they get someone? Oh, they got, oh they my got, God, Jesus. Oh, I, mean, I, they got Iggy. I was so hurt by this move. That's why I wiped it from my mind. I was almost positive that Iggy <laughs> was going to go on the Lakers. Oh, why is he doing this? I can understand why. I know why he's doing this. Well, what do you mean he's doing this? He doesn't have a choice. What do you mean he doesn't have a choice? He had a choice. He could have told them, I'm not playing for anyone except LeBron. LeBron's my daddy. Okay, so... Only play for my daddy. Fair enough. He had a... He, why would he want to play with LeBron? Like, I don't understand this LeBron. He's been bursting LeBron for like six <laughs> years straight in the finals. I, I don't get why he would want know. to play with LeBron. In my mind, everyone wants to play with LeBron. I think he wants to play with LeBron because he would elevate them to a championship caliber team. Yeah, that's true. And that would definitely help his own, I don't know, basketball legacy. Because he's already a Hall of Famer, right? I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but I think if he won a chip with the Lakers, then he'll become a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's pretty, I mean, it's pretty crazy. He's won three NBA championships and a finals MVP. That's a pretty stacked resume. Okay, maybe he's a Hall of Famer. But I'm saying if you join the Lakers... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he definitely is. Uh, I don't think his numbers are quite there, but... Uh, I'm just saying, you just talk about three NBA championships and one finals MVP, that's better than lots of, you know, uh, guaranteed Hall of Famers like Iverson or Yao Ming or, you know. Hey, don't disrespect Yao Ming. So instead of going to the Lakers, which would have been the correct move, uh, instead he goes to the Heat for Justice Winslow as well as Dion Waiters. But importantly, now I know why Iggy went to the Heat. So he agreed to a two-year, $30 million extension with the team. Yeah. Now, the second year yeah. is a team option, but still, at his age, I think he's 36, getting two years and $30 million is incredible. I'm not sure you can play like 20 games. Is that that much though in, the, in, in this current salary? Like it is, he's getting paid well, for sure, but he's not the, you know, like, he's, not, he's not one of the highest paid players on the Miami Heat, right? Like. If they don't win it this year, can Iggy at 35 and 36 next year actually play 82 games? Forget 82 games. Can he play 50 games? I'm not sure if he can play 50 games. Well, like you said, they haven't they haven't out. So if, if Iggy doesn't work out, if they don't win a championship, they have an easy out. Uh, like you said, $15 million basically to just secure him for this year and the playoffs is not a bad deal because they got the cap space and... Uh, just the lineup with uh, Jimmy Butler. They also got Jay Crowder as part of the deal as well. He's a good veteran. Um, I think Crowder was with the Celtics for a for, for bit, and he was playing. He, he was he's like a really really good three and D guy that can play the four. 
um, Bam Adebayo's an all star. Uh, and then they got a bunch of those young guys that we, we've talked about before. Um, that Pat Riley has just done a masterful job of, of assembling assembling this team. It, it's just a really, really good deep team. And Jimmy Butler is, um, you know, at the epicenter of it. He's he feels comfortable being like the dog of this team. And Iggy is another dog. And uh, if they can get clicking together, uh, I think they have a really good chance of getting to the NBA uh, conference finals, at least. I just don't think they're enough to beat the Bucs or the Raptors, but I, if somehow they beat the Raptors in the semifinals and then they get to the finals against the Bucs, uh, maybe that's the match right there. But uh, like they'll definitely be in the top four for the conference, in the, at least for the conference at the end of the day, I reckon. And I do think this elevates them above Philly. It does. That's my point. Yeah, Iggy elevates this team to that level. Before, before at the start of the season, we'll think, okay, Jimmy Butler is like, you know, he's just phoning in. He's just going to Miami. He's just going to party. He's not going to be like super. Se- I don't know. For me, it wasn't like a serious basketball move. It was just like I want my own team, and the Heat showed interest, and they're giving me the max. I'm going to go there. Um, look, I've always underestimated Eric Spolstra. He's obviously a Hall of Fame coach, but I just never thought. He deserved full credit because they had a great coaching staff, a great front office, and obviously great players during his time. But he's gotten the most out of his team, and they're in a really good position to win because he's a he's also just yeah he's a great coach. Um, just always gets his guys gets the best out of his guys. So as it currently stands, the Heat are in fourth position, and in fifth the fifth seed is the Sixers. Uh, the Heat would obviously have home court advantage. Now, if they meet in the first round, would you take the Heat over the Sixers? At this point, yes, with Iggy. Iggy, I think, changes the narrative because I think Iggy can lock up, lock up Ben Simmons um, from driving in the paint because obviously Iggy doesn't need to defend the three-point line, so he just needs to make sure he, he mitigates those drives. And they've got a bunch of guys that can, they can try to draw Embiid. Um, uh, and Jimmy Butler can do a lot of damage defensively as well, so... Yeah, I got the heat. I got the heat against the Sixers. The first round exit. That there's no way the Sixers bring back all the players and the coach. <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't see the coach for sure. You have so such patience. Can they just bring Sam Hinkie back? Just like bring him back. <laughs> the architect of the process. He's like the process wasn't done. They 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 fired me for the process. Let me get get back to the process. This is like a twenty year process. Joel Embiid signed a five year contract to Max Deal, obviously um, that runs until twenty twenty two. Oh, the 2023 season, sorry. Um, so he is there for the long run. And I'm sure there's a bunch of teams that would love to trade for him if he was made available. Like, I don't think that's a problem. But at least uh, in terms of uh, the foreseeable future, he's in a Sixers uniform. And Ben Simmons as well. I think Ben Simmons has signed signed last, this just this past offseason, uh, I don't know, four-year max or something like that. So those guys are locked up, at least uh, if they want to be. Uh, we'll see. Like I don't think it's over, over, but definitely there'll be some front office change, like uh, coaching changes to this team for sure. Al Horford's making twenty-eight million dollars. Al, they got Al Horford locked up. I, I mean, I, I think some coach out there is going to make this work because we talked about how big this team is. It, 
being big is really important in the NBA. Like that's never going to be a you know wasted talent or wasted uh, inta- intangible. It was very tangible, sorry. But you know, like it's never going to be wasted being tall, especially when these guys are as skilled as they are. Um, I, I just believe some coach is going to unlock this and make it work for this team, even though they're all six nine and six ten. All I know is that two months ago, it feels like, Brett Brown talked to the media and he put up a challenge for Ben Simmons. He wanted Ben Simmons to take at least one, at least one three-pointer a game. And since that press conference, Ben Simmons has not attempted a three-pointer. Look, Brett Brown uh, shouldn't, have the, shouldn't have the audacity to talk to Ben Simmons like that. Ben Simmons oh, is a proven all-star. I hope you're joking. Um, I think you're joking. He is a proven winner. <laughs> Um, Brett Brown should be so lucky okay, to coach Ben Simmons. Let alone give him so, tips. So, so disrespectful. All right. So speaking of hype and the importance of hype, let's talk about the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey, <laughs> he's gone posto. He's he's had it. He's had it. He's had it with the world. He's frustrated about Hong Kong. He's frustrated with China. He's frustrated with Fertitta or Fatilla, Fertilla, Tilta, Tilda, Milta. He don't care no more. He traded the only tall player <laughs> that the Houston Rockets had in Capella to get Robert Covington in a 14 trade. Okay, you're going to have to break this trade down for me. Uh, Covington goes to the Rockets and Capella goes to the Hawks. All those other details, uh, it's irrelevant. I, it's not, it's <laughs> not important. Okay. It's, they're, they're just it's not going to be they're remembered. Just they're just people. They're just people. The main, the main takeaway is Capella is going to the Hawks to play with Trey Young, which I don't know. It's... Probably not. It's just like whatever. I don't know why they did it. Um, he's a better player than Co- Covington, obviously. But uh, I think the belief is, at least from Daryl Morey's point of view, is Covington is going to be a better fit for this Rockets team. And they're going to be playing extreme small ball where they got PJ Tucker at center. And then perhaps at times, offensively at least, Russell Westbrook playing center because, you know, uh, you know, on this spread out offense, Russell is the weakest three-point shooter on this team. Uh, so you got James Harden, you got Covington, you got PJ Tucker, and you got Eric Gordon spread out on the three-point line. And Russell's either dishing it or he's going into the paint to get rebounds. In principle, that sounds possible that this could work because it's so unique, and they got so many shooters. Um, it's just so crazy it might work. But you know what? It's just I and I don't know if you heard any of these like kind of think pieces about like oh Darren Moore's a genius. He's like. He's reinventing this game. He's taking small ball to the next level. I think there's a stage when it gets too small that it just won't last. And PJ Tucker is like calling his agent like, man, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I, I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be a bench guy coming off the bench and like providing like quality. I want to sit out. I want to sit out next game. I have flu-like symptoms. I'm, I'm as tall as James Harden. Make James Harden play center. <laughs> come to it. They come to it. I can't guard AD. I, I don't want to guard AD for another minute. Yoki just like yeah, 400 pounds. Oh, Rudy Gobert. Can you imagine PJ, P, PJ Tucker going against Rudy oh Gobert? <laughs> now, now we know how Isaiah Thomas feels like every Rudy, night. Rudy, please. Well, they did play recently, actually. They did actually. The Jazz and the Rockets play recently. Okay, play I, I recently. really think that Daryl Morey has gone off the deep end. I think he sees the... He, he basically sees what it is. He's probably going to get fired. And he's like, fuck this. I'm going to experiment. No other team would, is going to allow me to experiment like this. We talked about this last week, right? About my theory on uh, Tillman trying to get uh, Daryl Morey fired. 
I thought that theory was maybe 50-50, but now I'm really thinking more like 80-20. Well, it was 50-50 on the, on the chance that this trade might actually happen. And we were both saying like, oh, why would it happen? Because Capella is a promising center. Like not the best center, obviously, but uh, you know, what value can you get Capella f- for basically that can service your team and basically what they've done is well no we can't get equal value but what we can do is get a player like you said analytically get a player that better fits our small ball system but i just think they're going to suffer and they're not going to last a seven game series against the jazz even if they do well this year this is not sustainable into the next year i mean who wants to play in this system okay pj we're gonna we're gonna run it back. <laughs> okay, we play eight oh games, yeah. uh, and then obviously we'll play another, hopefully sixteen games uh, in the playoffs. So uh, PJ, you are starting center. You can play thirty-three minutes in the off-season training. They just get fat people to like to sit on PJ. <laughs> just roll like wait on. Do you think? Um, because you know, like uh, Demarcus Cousins has had two season-ending, uh, in, like two in, ending uh, seasons now. Do you think it's possible that they take a chance on Demarcus Cousins? The moves that they're doing now, it's the opposite of taking on center. That's true. I'm just saying, like, what we're saying is it, will, it won't work. We both believe it won't work. So what if they say, like, okay, we don't have a center. We just gave away our best center. Let's get Demarcus Cousins. It's possible. I mean, it could be that Daryl Moore just wants to, like, have a little experiment and play for this playoffs and see what happens, see if it, what works. Because he, like, how else is he going to get this chance to, to experiment like this on a roster? And then next season, let's see what happens. But for all we know, he might not be around next season. Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think if they lose again in this playoffs, which is a tall task to win, you know, multiple playoff series? Well, I mean, they're not, I, don't, I don't know if they can win one playoff series. Yeah, exactly. Do you think if they win zero playoff series, does Darren Murray keep his job? Does Dan Tony keep his job? The X factor is Tillman, essentially. Because what Tillman has is first-rate coach, first-rate GM, first-rate talent in James Harden. But it feels like Tillman is also inter- injecting himself into the process. It feels like he's telling Daryl Morey to save on luxury tax. It feels like he's telling Daryl Morey to, uh, to do what James Harden wants. Because I don't think Daryl Morey would have traded a CP3. Yeah, I, that, I think that's going to be the decision that haunts this team. Because, uh... And I know for sure that D'Antoni don't think that, or don't think that the CP3 was, was a bad fit for a team. Because he went on podcast during the summer and mm. he, said, he said how much he believed in CP3 and how much more years CP3 had, that he was going to still be a top player mm. for years to come. Hmm. Well, the crazy thing is they had him in the building and they decided, oh, we'll have Russell because at least, you know, Russell's a former MVP and he has proven that he can play with James Harden. Like they went with that kind of theory. They didn't really rely on their own eyeballs of seeing how Chris Paul plays. Um, and I'm not denying that there's a rush between James Harden and uh, CP3. I'm saying there was. <laughs> I do believe that D'Antoni had more tinkering, that he, he was that there was more road ahead for him to tinker with with that roster that didn't involve getting rid of CP3. Mm. But I think Tillman stepped in and said, no, mm. I have to keep James Harden uh, happy. He's my, he's my star. I want him to be happy. So do what he says. Certainly, D'Antoni didn't like that. And I don't think Daryl Morey liked that either. They got rid of like 
half of D'Antoni's like coaching roster. The talent in terms of the on team on the paper is there. Like they're gonna win games regardless of who's there. It's not gonna be so, um, you know, crazy that Russell Westbrook and James Harden can't win enough games to make yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, of course. Um, they're that they're that good. Uh, and at the end of the day, you're going to be playing more regular season than postseason games. Yes, postseason builds legacies, but regular season games is what earns you the money, earns you the revenue, and earns tickets and fans. And uh, it's going to especially look good when, at least to China, the Chinese market, when you fire the guy that started this whole, you know, saga of, um, you know, controversy between China and the NBA. Uh, it's going to look good for those fans. So. Tillman's a businessman. He's going to look at this from a fiscal point of view. We've seen, you know, him make cost-cutting moves to this team to save money on the uh, on the luxury tax. Uh, so yeah, like you said, it seems like the writing's on the wall that Daryl Morey is a sitting duck. D'Antoni is a sitting duck. This team might go a different direction next season, and say, hey, look, we respect these guys and what they've done to build our team, but and the makeup of the team, but we just think we need to go a different direction and fresh faces to kind of rejuvenate this team with uber talents. Um, I think that's the kind of lip service because we know you can't replace Antonio, you can't replace Darren Mori for sure. He's one of the best uh, GMs in the league uh, without a doubt, but there's probably a lot of financial things that maybe make sense uh, for Tillman to uh, you know, right. pull the trigger or at least make these moves in the lead up to at least kind of save some face, like, oh, he didn't do this, didn't do that. And I think you know. James Harden will be yeah. okay with that, to be honest. We don't know what James... James Harden uh, has obviously a brand that he wants to keep, but he uh, he wants to win an NBA championship. And, you know, he can say whatever he wants to public in the media, but we know that this is not a move... Uh, and maybe what we've said before, Capella, train Capella, is not the right move for a champ. It's not a championship move. It's a cost-cutting move. It's definitely not a champion move. And it's definitely it's a cost not cutting, a future-looking move. It's a cost-cutting move. And yeah, and I just don't think that... Um, I just don't think that uh, James Harden is going to, in the future, appreciate this. Uh, anyway, we'll see. I'm actually really looking forward to this postseason, watching the, the Houston Rockets now. Um, I want to see what kind of trickery they can do on the court. Moving on, I know one team that values rebounding and size, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're like a poor man Sixers team. They got uh, they got Drummond at center. They got uh, Tristan Thompson Kevin at power Love. forward. They got Kevin Love at small forward, uh, and then they got two point guards: Garland and Sexton at point at the point guards. Lately, have you seen Kevin Love play? Like he looks like he's he's in prison. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's definitely one player that def- was desperate to get out of Cleveland, and I don't think Drummond was happy that he got traded to Cleveland. Uh, it's just day and night because Cleveland is that was that team that was a media darling. Uh, with LeBron, it was just totally different how much attention they were getting, and now they don't get anything because they don't have any player that's really interesting that jumps out. Uh, you know, when you watch when you watch the games, Cleveland. What do they give? Detroit for Drummond. I feel like they just they just bought like a bus ticket for Drummond. Detroit got nothing. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. Okay. I think the reason why I didn't tell you who uh, the Pistons traded Drummond for was because they're like no names. He traded for Brandon Knight. So remember Brandon Knight uh, got posterized by De- DeAndre Jordan. 
uh, like a decade back, maybe now. Uh, John Henson um, sounds like sounds like a power forward guy, and a twenty twenty three second round pick. Um, and also, Drummond can decline his twenty eight point eight million player option uh, this off season and become a free agent if he wishes. Uh, don't know. That's I think that's unlikely. That would decline it. That's a lot of money. And I've been saying I just don't think he'll make a max. If that's all Detroit got, that means he's his value needs to be recalibrated. Like I'm sure he's going to opt in. Well, you've always stood up for you've always stood up for Drummond. I I don't know why, but you always stood up for I Drummond. I fell for Drummond because I look at his numbers. He's getting like 18 points and 20 rebounds. That's a slight exaggeration, but yeah, it's pretty. Uh, well, what was he averaging? He must be averaging like 17 and 17. He he's definitely. I think he's the league leader in rebounds, and he's averaging like 18 points. To me, game. that sounds like okay. Even if he was getting 17 rebounds and let's say 10 points, that's got to be some value, right? Ah, uh, it's value, but it's not. Well, just imagine max players mean you're one of the uh, top three players on on the team, right? You you can only give the max deal to one or three players of you on your team. Do you want to give one of those slots to Andre Drummond? Do you believe that he's the he can be the third best player on a championship roster? Because that's what it all comes down to, right? Like you want to win a championship, and is Drummond one of the key pieces on your team that can win your championship? Um, well, the Pistons had Drummond, they had Blake Griffin, and they had, um, oh, who's the other player that they had last season? Derek Rose? No, they didn't have, they only had him this season, like last season. They, they had, um... Reggie Jackson? Yeah, sure, Reggie Jackson. He's obviously not the same player he used to be when he was with Thunder, but, I mean, this team had pieces, uh to at least make some somewhat noise, I guess, in, in, the Eastern, in the Eastern Conference. But I don't think Drummond ever rose to the occasion and Blake Griffin did all the work offensively. And uh, Drummond wasn't enough defensively and not offensively as well to kind of be a pivot enough player uh, to help this team win more games. Uh, yeah, I just... I see a bit of value, like you said, but I just don't see max value. I don't see the point of giving a max deal. And like you said, teams around the league have shown that because there was no trade market really for Drummond and he got traded for a bag of peanuts, basically. From what you just described, it sounds like he's going to opt in next year because he's, that's still $28 I think so. million. Dollars. He'll, get the, he'll get $28.8 he'll get 28. million, yeah. No, it's a play option. Yeah, only he gets so the choice. So if he wants to stay in Cleveland, he just opts in, and then Cleveland has to keep that. I mean, obviously we know why the Pistons did it. They want to get rid of his contract, and um, you know they want to reboot their franchise. Basically, they, they want to. They need to trade Blake Griffin. They need to like get rid of Blake Griffin. And they need to trade Blake Griffin somehow. They need to, I don't know, trade uh, Luke Kennard or something like that. Uh, they got a rookie named Sekud. Uh, Demboya or something like that, um, but they don't have any high-profile, you know, young players like a Zion or Jared Morant. So they need to they need to reboot. They need to get young. They need to get uh, primo talent because uh, Drummond's the old guy. That's what I'm saying. He's part of the old guard. He's part of the old-fashioned centered player uh, of centers that uh, get rebounds and is big and can bully your way inside the paint. 
but it's just not built for today's offense of you know up and down offense. He's not built for that. He's not built for that kind of game. So um, yeah, Detroit Pistons are rebooting. Cleveland Cavaliers, I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Two teams, I, I just actually don't really know what they're doing overall. There's no clear direction. Right. There's no clear direction. It's all Look, very let, let me reach out to the Detroit fans. And as far as I know, there's only one, which is Hoyan. Hoyan, please <laughs> give up on this team, please. It's a dumpster fire. Oh, Jesus. Uh, in fact, I would suggest <laughs> that you look up north. Maybe only a six-hour, ten-hour drive up north to Toronto. You know, like, when you talk about geography like that, it doesn't work for people overseas because people don't know where cities are. They just they just follow the brand. They don't... So, like, when you say it's, like, across the lake or, you know, like... Uh, uh, what's the teams? Um, like, in California, like, uh, they're so close to each other. It's just the brands that you're going... It's just the colors of the jersey that you're really rooting for. You don't really care about geography. I never, like... I never like New Jersey. Like if I knew what New Jersey was or what New Jersey actually was when I grew up, I wouldn't have gone for New Jersey. I would have chosen something more glamorous, right? Um, all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I wouldn't have chosen Tampa. Like I know you know what Tampa is now and it's not a great city. <laughs> it's not like really like a spectacular city. I would have chosen like Miami or know, like New Orleans, or, you know, if in that region, but I didn't know because I just, I just like the brand. I like the colors. And is who I stuck with. Um, anyway, that's my rant. I feel like really like the, you're only really allowed to cheer for Toronto if you're from Canada. Why? What do you mean? Because <laughs> I, I, I just feel that like uh, uh, Toronto is like that one unique team where you know it's from Canada. You're like you don't really know exactly where Sacramento is from. Maybe you don't really know exactly where. Utah's from or like you don't really know where all these cities are from but you know Toronto is in Canada and it's different than all the other teams that are in America I'm just saying like I think mostly Canadians are the people that follow um, the right. Toronto well, Raptors going to our point earlier about Kawhi where he have fun I mean when he was playing in Toronto you have the entire country for rooting sure. for you That's for sure. and now people in your own city don't even root for you I mean, you tell me, is that, is that exciting? Is that fun? That doesn't feel fun. Maybe not to most people. For Kawhi, maybe he's used to it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> but I just, yeah, maybe his peak was in the Raptors, like with the Raptors. Like when he hit that game seven winner um, where it bounced on the rim like five times or whatever. Um, I think that might have been, except for the championship, obviously, but that might have been one of his highest highlights of his career that happening and that happening in Toronto as well uh in front of his bench being mobbed uh at at home I I think that you know maybe is one of the greatest moments in NBA history it might go down like that seriously I agree I agree okay we need to wrap this up should we cover this last thing which probably was probably should have been the first thing but the Knicks finally fired team president Steve Mills Let's end on this this happy note. The Knicks finally fired that useless fraudster, Steve Mills, and it's now reportedly in talks we're going to announce that they've hired Leon Rose to be new president. I just I've just been reading. So a background on Leon Rose is he's currently still so he's not actually officially anointed the president of basketball operations quite yet because he still has to. Um, 
finalize or terminate his contract with CAA because he's still a play agent. And he represents a lot of high-profile players, including Joel Embiid currently, which I just found out by looking on his page. But he also used to represent LeBron James, Carmelo, Anthony, and Allen Iverson. So he's a big sports agent, and apparently he's also a pivotal part of building the big three together um, in, in the Miami uh, in the Miami Heat. Uh, you know when LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Bosh joined together. So he was a big part of that. So I think a big reason why the Knicks won him is because of his player connections and uh, I don't know his ability to uh, talk to people. I'm sure that's an important role as president of basketball operations. And that apparently has some vision of how this team uh, should grow and develop together, whether it's with these pieces currently or new pieces. Yeah, we've been hearing the same thing over and over again. So we don't, we, we have no idea how this team will function as long as uh, the owner, Dolan, is still there in power. They're always going to be handicapped. I mean, Phil freaking Jackson couldn't make it work. Um, maybe he got blinded by the money, but if... And also, we've been hearing reports before this high of Leon Rose was uh, they wanted uh, Yusai Ujiri, right? They wanted to give him the Godfather deal to come to the, uh, come from the Raptors to the Knicks. Uh, obviously, they abandoned that because Masai Ujiri had no uh, desire to leave the Raptors. Right. Well... Unfortunately, in his statement, James Dolan specifically said that he's not selling the team, which is weird because no one was asking him. <laughs> this is just something that the fans were yelling so out. First of all, uh, I'm not selling the team. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about the hire? <laughs> oh, yeah, the hire, yeah. So uh, People made the comments like, look, you're releasing this to announce the new pr- team president. Why are you talking about not selling the team? Like, that's all he cares he's about. Giving the in. fans criticizing him. He's giving in. Like, it's kind of like um, when you hear criticism... And it's like unwarranted. You try to drown, you try to ignore it, and like it, pro- it might go away. But he's like responding to it and like kind of fanning the flames that way, because <laughs> he's giving you like comical responses, uh, like you know, like this or when he uh, fired, not fired, so banned a fan for life for yelling out, sell the team. There you go. Until next time, listeners. And Hoyang, please look into Toronto. Very close to Detroit. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Torres on the beat, boys. Thank you for listening to Your NBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at your NBA podcast.